are listening to Taking Art Apart, a podcast presented by West Den Haag. I am Rosa Sangenberg, visual artist and writer. I am Jael Keizer, philosopher and writer. We're launching an experimental series of themes that one may come across when stepping into the art world, whether as a young artist, established institution or curious viewer. I think it's kind to of get. interesting that in a business world you would kind of very easily pinpoint what is success. It's when you break even. It's when you make more money than you're losing. And that's it. Whereas in the art world, not so much. Like we, uh, because it's, it's not so easy to reach that point. Uh, and you are considered earlier like not not earlier but you are more like considered successful in the art world when you have a lot of shows make a lot of networking have a lot going on but they don't really look necessarily if you're breaking even uh, in the art world so much i think today we are talking about the notion of success in an artist's practice and perhaps more importantly the rejection is art only validated with success How do artists deal with and play with pressure and competition? Seeing as we are young professionals in the art world as well, we take a more personal approach to this topic. We explore the experience that most artists, curators and art venues share, but never really mention publicly. This also includes the transition from child to art student to professional artist, the million ways it can be done, including the million challenges. Is there an ideal for the art practice, such as a certain sense of autonomy and being able to live from your art alone? Or rather, an embeddedness in current society with a relevant profession? Art academies are always evolving as they try to keep up with more universal academic standards, expectations of the market, and not in the least, the political climate. They blinded my third eye. It could not see what was right in front of me. Whenever I saw beauty in the mundane, they always asked me to explain. My lukewarm showers lengthen as I dwell in my mind, looking for answers I could not find. A stream of water on which I can stand, fingers all wrinkled as I look at my hand. Drinking coffee until 3 a.m. I'd rather have my stalker back than doing the exam. My eyes got used to the dark. It was only afterwards that I regained the spark. Writers will write and artists will art. Anything is right when it comes from the heart. I learned at school I don't need a school for that. Yet, in retrospect, I am grateful and not at all mad. We just heard a poem by artist Stella Loning. She works as a host at the Contemporary Art Museum as well as with children in an artistic context. 
She's also a sporadic poet. Spending a few years at the Art Academy, the Department of Photography, she felt ambiguous about the competitive atmosphere. How can one incorporate an artist's practice into regular life and make it one's own? Next up, we hear Rosa elaborate on this. In a financially fragile world, artists and institutions continually grapple and adapt to changing values of art. This episode may be rather radical because it mainly explores the loser's point of view. To me, this is a refreshing point of view as I am so used to experiencing a more or less constant flow of success stories. And I expect that I'm not the only one. They confront us everywhere and all of the time and frankly mostly for the better. They give us inspiration, aspirations, motivation and hope as we think and dwell on the fact that this could be me someday. They allow us to dream big about a better future or even an alternate reality. I believe that the distribution of successful stories is so normalized that we may start to think that having success is the norm. And this is also the case in the art world. A world always financially fragile and always fighting to be taken seriously by the broader society. It can only be shown from its best angles to avoid any suspicion of being corrupted and to prove that it is not as lazy as some powerful politician might tend to announce. So the little spotlight it gets fittingly reflects the little amount of success it can actually allow in. In reality, the art world is filled with unsuccessful stories of failures and rejections. At least, that is what I tell myself for comfort, because in truth, how would I know? My sources of information rarely tells me how many people lost, failed, were rejected or were denied. These countless individuals are possibly like me, moving on from the letdown and awaiting another attempt to achieve a moment of success. Because in this competitive and ever-threatened art world, there's just no space for demotivating news. It doesn't require much research, however, to realize the huge and unexciting difference between success and unsuccess of artists. Taking a look at the cold facts shared by various websites of art schools, residencies, galleries, institute, magazines who offer open calls for art education, artist studios, financial grants and worldwide exposure, the distribution between supply and demand is pretty harsh. In 2020, for instance, only 3.5% of the artists who applied for the Master in Fine Arts at the Danish Royal Academy of Art were admitted. A similar, sometimes even smaller percentage of artists are admitted every year to the attractive postgraduate residency programs in the Netherlands. There is an article that sparked my critical interest in this matter, and it was released last year in a Danish online art magazine. It highlighted the big masses of professional artists who every year receive a devastating rejection letter from the Danish Art Foundation. A foundation that offers a number of working grants for applying artists. This article also questioned the fact that these rejected masses are silenced to give space for a few artists who actually got through the eye of the needle. In my opinion, this gives a delusional vision of the realities for many working artists. The delusion is just emphasized when one artist who expressed themselves in this article shared their rejection letter on a social media platform, 
in the hope that the foundation would share their news, just like they did with the grant recipients. But of course they didn't. The way in which these rejected masses are hidden also helps to conceal the bigger issue, the fact that there is just not enough money for the arts. Instead of addressing and problematizing the far too small amount of money there is to give, the art world tends to thankfully glorify the few people who, after immense hard work, can actually benefit from the well-deserved money. While the distribution of financial funding for artists is more generous in the Netherlands than in Denmark, these application and acceptance numbers still imply that the selection is rough, whether it is to study or to work professionally with an art practice. It is not a mystery that the success of artists is so highly glorified, given the fact that an acceptance letter can be as extraordinary as winning a prize with these numbers. It truly feels like winning, thereby forgetting the fact that the so-called prize is the result of countless hours of hard work. Additionally, the prize is actually not just a nice thing to receive when you are an artist, but it could actually be an essential condition for being a full-time artist. Contrarily, the feeling of rejection resembles the feeling of losing. We are accustomed to keeping this experience to ourselves and thereby making this experience a very intimate moment. Rejection becomes a moment of silent sorrow, only shared with the closest of people and mostly so if this sharing feels necessary. The rejection is suppressed into a little insignificant event, even if the well-kept secret could leave a lasting stain of failure and demotivation for the artist. We might even start to treat the rejection as a taboo, an act so common yet not worth fitting into how the art world is portrayed in society. Exposing our rejection to an audience means exposing our artistic iniquities and weak points, simply the fact that we are not working hard enough. The fear that this rejection could potentially become a determining piece of information for our already vulnerable artist existence. I oftentimes get short of breath when going over this sort especially as this little artist existence starts to resemble a place in a competition, a cruel and tough one, one that requires an unmerciful participation fee and doesn't promise any hope. After all, only a few of us will make it, as a teacher reminded me a few days before the momentous and anticipated graduation show at my art academy. Probably intended as a joke, or at least with a humorous tone in it, this sentence left a bigger stain in my mind than I would have hoped for. It instantly transformed the otherwise festive and celebratory event into a conclusive, competitive moment. All of a sudden, the graduation show was a definitive gamble with our artists' futures. It was an unsettling reminder that success in the art world was not a given, and at the same time that this notion of success was about to change into some highly attractive currency. With these words said, I know that my view on failure and success can sound a bit fatalistic. Without doubt, I take these rejections quite seriously, and perhaps I give their significance too much space in my mind. I know, however, that I cannot be alone with these feelings, and I do think there is something crucial to address about the way we hide and persistently try to move on from our rejections, expecting that this is what we have to do. It is very likely that the reason why we give the rejection so little space 
is part of the bigger problem, namely that the art world is a fragile place. In this world, success is not just a luxurious extra, it is the prospect of stability. I dare to say that success is the most important currency. I worry that the notion of success is becoming an achievement that is impossible to feel without comparing ourselves to others. Has success become the main validation of art? And if so, how then do we dare to talk about our unsuccessful, rejected and failed step in this process? We have invited some artists and close friends who may also have different ideas of what they think about failing and getting rejected. Namely, Gideon Ellert, Giulietta Pastorina Verastigi and Judith Reinders. Together with Rosa, they are part of Core Collective. They think about how to deal with the described experiences in terms of sharing together as a community, leaning towards more compassionate and caring connections between artists. Gideon, Julietta, Judith and I are part of the same artist collective, the Core Collective, that was established during quite unique circumstances. We all graduated from our Fine Art Bachelors in 2020, which was an unusual year, to say the least. So our main interactions, at least to begin with, were solely online. But the biggest reason for why we actually became a group in the first place was rooted in the idea of connectivity rather than competition. As our graduation year was heavily influenced by COVID lockdown, many physical shows got cancelled, so for the first time ever, all the nine fine art bachelors in the Netherlands decided to take this into our own hands and establish one big combined graduation show. During the preparations of the show, which finally happened in April 2021, we also formed a special connection as we were all more or less dealing with the same experiences, that of leaping into the professional art world. So welcome to Judith and Julietta and Ridion, who I'm sitting together with right now, Judith and Julietta physically and Ridion over Skype because he is currently in Sweden. Uh, I was thinking we could first uh, introduce each other. Uh, yes, I'm Judith and I am, as said already, an artist and I'm at the moment living in Arnhem. Um, I'm Julieta, and uh, I'm also an artist, and but I'm also an art historian. Uh, hi, I'm Gideon, <laughs> and uh, I uh, am from Enschede, the Netherlands. I'm also an artist. I am mostly a painter and also a musician. I would like to start with a big, quite big question, uh, because this was one of the questions I ended up asking in the text. Which is the question, do you think that success has become the main validation of art? I was thinking about how, you know, there's like a stereotype on success, like as, as humans, you know, like, but like in every sort of scene there is, like the art scene and the financial scene or any other geopolitical scene or whatever, you know, and also in our stages in our lives, there's kind of a stereotype of what success is, you know? Like in the art scene, it's like 
having shows and having exhibitions and getting funding and getting um, all these accessibility to all these different uh, ways of promoting your art, you know? And then it's also the financial freedom of being able to be an artist. Yeah, so actually success is already very close to the subject of the podcast. Like, I think then success means you can share a lot of good news. Yeah. And you're getting what you're trying to achieve. I think it's kind of interesting that in a business world, you would kind of very easily pinpoint what is success. It's when you break even. It's when you make more money than you're losing. And that's it. Whereas in the art world, not so much like we, uh, because it's, it's not so easy to reach that point. Uh, and you are considered earlier, like not, not earlier, but you are more like considered successful in the art world when you have a lot of shows, make a lot of networking, have a lot going on, but they don't really look necessarily if you're breaking even, uh, in the art world so much, I think. No. And that's what I meant with the fact that I feel that success is a very social thing. Like it's very, it's almost, uh, as I think you said that like, it's the, the idea of sharing good news is mm-hmm. isn't maybe less about the actual good news, but more about sharing the good news to the public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I mentioned it earlier on the group that we had and, um, about this silence and noise contrast about like if there's a kind of rejection you know there's kind of a silence and a taboo aspect to it and then when you you're successful into receiving whatever you want to receive like you know you want to exclaim it to the world then you talk to your parents or your friends and then everyone congratulates you you know and maybe there's a party is there a party for being rejected to somewhere? I don't know. I yeah. wonder, like, if I'm thinking about this, like, break-even concept, like, that is now more in the world of social media that people will be sharing their success mainly because success, like, it tends to attract also more people and uh, and you can, like, kind of pretend to be successful before you're actually successful and yeah. through this means become successful then and fake it till that's you what make a lot it of people are trying <laughs> so people that you perceive as oh they are really successful might be still thinking of themselves as like oh, i'm totally not actually like i'm that broke yeah <laughs> yeah but i think that's also the the yeah the thing of social media that it is a medium basically made for good news and when people are sharing bad news and okay for this let's stick to the art scene yeah it also feels like what's the point of sharing that because that's not you want to know because like you said you can if you have good news to share you probably get the ball rolling and get quite quickly another success good news thing uh but it feels some sort of scary to share that you got rejected because maybe i found applying for something next month for something else they see that i didn't got it 
from this other place, why would they give it to me? Because yeah, it feels like you're it's it's some sort of yeah. I would be. I'm afraid that I would put myself in a downward spiral if I would share to everyone that I got rejected for things. Yeah, there's it, no talk about uh, it. But in that way, I also think I think we are quite hard on each other in the art world. At least, maybe not when we are sitting together and drinking some coffee and drinking some tea. But in this online community, I feel like yeah, I have this feeling that there is. And we are tough with each other. And in that sense, we have no room to share our self-pity and our uh, fears and strategies and sadness. And yeah, just the fact that we are not doing as good as uh, we hoped we would be doing. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, it's showing a vulnerability because you're showing your weak moments. But then you can't be vulnerable. Like, you cannot really talk about those things. I mean, people just want to hear the good stuff as well. Like, they don't want to hear, like, how bad you are as well. Yeah, so it's not just that it's scary to share. It's also indeed that others don't want to see it or hear it or indeed ask, like, why are you sharing this? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Do you need pity from us or what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe there's just an issue with whole society that we cannot deal with bad news but I also think it has something to do with mental health as well in the sense that you know, you constantly are having all these images from the media about, you know, global situations that you have no control over, you know, in a, in a way, you know, because, I mean, do I have control about anything global? No. And of course, like, I'm affected by it, you know, but sometimes you just have to, like, turn off the phone and turn off the media to be able to, like, let your brain calm down and you know see what you can do about it as well so if i would translate this into the art world turning off um, all social media all uh, communication online everything to have control i also don't think that is the absolutely best solution if you are feeling down from rejection or feeling down from any kind of failure that you might experience because it can also make this false, uh, I don't know, like when I, for instance, myself, I'm getting rejected to residencies or to uh, applications for schools and all of these things, I put it a lot on myself and I think, okay, it's, <clears throat> it's mainly my own fault and uh, I should get over it and it's not worth it's not really significant or it's it's something I should just move on from and in that this is what this is the main thing where I think it's it's not really healthy to 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 push it down to to make it become such a little thing of course we should also not make it fill the whole world and make it the most important thing but I think we should acknowledge at least the, the impact it can it can have on you it does 
bring in some kind of uh, uh, insecurances and some kind of demotivation that should be shared and some and should be um, talked about maybe with 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 other artists. I think this is just yeah where I'm I'm searching for this compassionate relationship between artists that I think can only right now it can only happen if you're successful on in the art world. Yeah, you can only feel the love, <laughs> so to say, in being uh, the, the sharer of good news. Yeah, you get together on the exhibition and you celebrate the success of whoever's exhibiting. I was thinking about like Greek tragedy and such uh, that you like have that in Greek society uh, where you just kind of have a play that revolves around failure that like kind of revolves around tragedy and failure and everything that's bad in life and has this played out like very dramatically and everybody can get kind of together around this uh, and it is kind of then walled off from the rest like I don't think this is ever going to work on Instagram I don't think there's any way to like do this in social media that, that is just like that and will always be like that but yeah there is uh, a need I think for another place where this is, is accepted that is outside of the whole like common story of okay here we want to promote our stuff and ourselves that's fine you have that and then you have another bracket where you can come together around um yeah around the negative around what's not going well in life and such i think it would be very important to have it more open because i also have some friends uh who didn't got quite a lot of things in the success part of the art scene. Um, but they feel lonely. They only see that everyone around them has gotten things and had an exhibition here and a fund there and a project doing now. And But they don't have a clue how much rejections they got before they got finally a yes, because they don't. we don't share it. That's true. And then the ones who didn't got it feel like they're so bad because they didn't call the yes yet, but because everything is so closed, the 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 gap between the successful and the non-successful artists will grow bigger. Um, yeah. So it for the community in the art scene itself, it will be very very good to have it more open. Mm-hmm. I also was thinking about um, process, that it's a lot about process. It's never just the end game and it's not about, you know, oh yeah, that's it. That's how I got it. It's a lot of hard work. That also feels a bit like the the word of success. It's like you've made it. Uh But then Mm. what what then? It's like when a dream comes true, it's like, yeah, fuck, now we have to find another (laughs) dream because now I have nothing to go for. Yeah, and the failure is kind of part of that. That makes you uh, want to overcome it as well, like the feeling of failing and uh, that you want to go back at it and get more done this time. 
was thinking we have kind of an advantage maybe uh, um, as an artist as compared to other like fields to have success in where you have like the common story of the super successful person who has everything and now achieved everything they ever dreamed of and what are they gonna do now and then they have to then realize uh, they get in a crisis or something and then they have to go and find meaning in life whereas people in the art world are already busy from finding meaning in their life right from the beginning and it never really ends that's what even i meant before like, yeah like even if i'm sure like if you're gay Richter, then you're still like yeah but i haven't made my best painting yet and it doesn't matter how much money you make or how many like if you're really it's maybe a bit romantic but i feel like if you're really into arts uh, for the right reasons then you don't really care and you just want to continue until you have made the, the ultimate work which you will never do so it will be always like nice i can keep going i can just keep going on <laughs> i think failing is very personal it's it's something that hurts it's just a lot of pain and anxiety and there's like the depression and disappointment in yourself but also the fear of the people around you, like your family being disappointed in yourself, you know, and then, yeah, just, it's very taboo for oneself to feel this failure. It's very lonely and, and it's hard to come out from that shell sometimes mm -hmm. because there's also a lot of forgetfulness, you know, that a lot of people and artists who we think are successful now also have these struggles, you know, and we forget about the process mm -hmm. of achieving the successfulness that people, you know, think successfulness is. I also think that, and the people that actually are very successful are also lonely. Definitely. Because there are very few of them. So we, or not we <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> but the masses of people who are maybe considered less successful feel lonely because they don't know how to share it and don't necessarily want to share it. So that creates this loneliness. But the few people who are actually having quite a lot of what we consider success have a hard time sharing it or they have they can share it but they have a hard time connecting yeah but i i also spoke to some artists who are then successful but they are at a certain point afraid to share their success because they wanna be nice to everyone mm. and don't like be arrogant and say hey i got this project again they they all they then almost feel embarrassed that they got asked for something again in such yeah. a short time that that's that's the Definitely. opposite that because yeah at a certain yeah. point you got picked up if and then we labeled those artists as successful but then they get lonely and afraid that the the less success lesser successful artist will won't like them anymore because they have it too much success. So much. So, I guess loneliness is in the spectrum.
it is an interesting um, procedure every time and I try to take it as a like a test of myself oftentimes where you always like I noticed with my first like letters I wrote to uh, apply, apply for stuff and I see the success rate is like three percent or something uh, of people mm. get this uh, get applied so I sent this mail I feel chill about it like uh, because I'm, I'm not gonna get accepted anyway you know so uh almost like that when in the beginning like you you kind of do it like that and um and you can you, but you might as well try so and then you get the rejection letter and yeah and i was like that steeled to be rejected but then still i was feeling bad about it and like oh, okay well that that didn't work that, that whole like stealing myself setting myself up for failure apparently is not really an effective strategy to deal with this and can we also just for a moment talk about how inhumane these rejection letters actually are always yeah they're uh, very general mm-hmm. very general one line yeah. or two lines oh i uh, also had one which was a, a whole story that, and then you have to read it like six times before you get the message yeah because oh. they use so many difficult words you're like just say just say no you know <laughs> just that's painful no, too yeah. but then Definitely. <laughs> then it's clear. Yeah, yeah like that. F- like uh, after so many, fat, not accepted wherever. I like, just make that a yeah. fat text. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, I have seen some that did that actually. That, that uh, is harsh nice. too, but oh yeah, yeah. You would rather di- of, you would hear it in the title of the email so that you know you can actually just know because like this moment opening up the email is like uh, yeah 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 definitely <laughs> because yeah. you cannot see but yeah. always when it says dear applicant you're like okay this is not yeah. your good. internet doesn't work and your good gmail is like would you like to upgrade to the next version of like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you just see it in the title you can always choose not to open it and Then you know it before you know it, and maybe that's even better. Yeah. Or leave the email for a moment where you feel really powerful and really uh, mm, in yeah, a good yeah. mood. <laughs> Get a shot of whiskey and open it, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> But I do feel it's getting a bit better over time that I like write the application and send it, and I'm more able to completely let go after that and not really pay uh, like uh, often than I see the rejection letter in this case and. Uh, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I, that's right. I did apply for that. I completely forgot <laughs> <laughs> putting that open, and mm-hmm. yeah, that, and then I also it doesn't hit as hard. But I think if it does like uh, hit hard, then also you you have to kind of like let that in as well. Uh, I think that's also very important to not be uh thinking of oh i'm uh, i just i can't feel this or i can like not uh, reject the rejection <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you have to like kind of let it in and uh and let it do what it does yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then and, and, and make it have this impact and realize that impact that it can give on you So thank you very much for coming here. I was really happy to I'm still really happy to see you. <laughs> But I was very happy to see you and glad it you could make it most of you physically. Uh, I was, I wish I was there physically, but it's uh, it's been good. Thank you Rosa for inviting us.
I reject the thought of rejection, yet in that exact rejection, rejection of a thought, I start thinking how we create spaces of boxes of thinking, thinking we know that we knew that the box, the utter, is the one, the only one, the true one. And so we reject to see the utter from the box grown from a perception, a thought, a self-construct, the truth that one box imprisoning oneself, that one box mirroring oneself, and yet that one box becoming and inheriting one's own imprisoning in the end. In the end, all change comes from rejecting the rejection, rejecting to not see the other, another, and so rejecting to see oneself. The poem you just heard marks the concluding words for this episode. We hope that these various thoughts and approaches to the ungrateful rejection have made you think about the way we deal or do not deal at all with this very real condition. The poem was written and spoken by young artist Cecilia Fang and was originally released in April 2022 in the zine publication Yin Yang, created by Fleur van Meuve. That was it everyone. Special thanks to Stella Loning, Julietta Pastorino Verastegui, Gideon Allert, Judith Reinders and Cecilia Fang for taking part in this episode. If you want to know more about the guests and their practices, as well as extra source materials, please have a look at our description box. This podcast is made possible by Westen Haag. Tune in for the following episode where the notion of success becomes a monetary currency and we look at the artist in business. Mm-hmm.